Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 200 in reading the Bible cover to cover in 365 days. And congratulations on reaching day 200. You are doing awesome. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for keeping our hearts diligent to seek you. Keep our hearts longing to know more and help us stay in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 22 today. Jesus tells the parable of the king who invited his people to come to his son's wedding feast. Imagine being invited to a royal wedding. I think about the fairy tale Cinderella where everyone was invited to the royal ball and the people couldn't wait to go. That isn't the case here. The invited guests didn't want to go. God invited his chosen people, but they rejected the invitation. In fact, they insulted, hurt, and killed the messengers who came to invite them. Then others were invited, those who weren't royal, but they were invited nonetheless. Verse 4 stands out to me where everything was prepared for the guests. God makes all the preparations for us to come to him and celebrate with him. He sent his son to make it so. There was a man who was thrown out of the celebration. And what do we make of this? He was dressed improperly, although he wanted to participate in all the goodness of this royal event. Well, God sees our hearts. Even though this person wanted to participate, God could see through him and knew his heart was not seeking after his. So the man was cast out. May our hearts always seek the Lord. Next, we read about the Pharisees sending people to Jesus to try and catch him and saying something treasonous. However, he shows himself to be honorable in every way. Even though he is far greater than Caesar could ever be, he told the people to pay what is due and owing to Caesar as well as pay to God what is owed to him. The people continued to test him and he continued to answer them with wisdom. The Sadducees asked Jesus about the resurrection, which was something they didn't even believe in. But verse 32 gives us comfort in times of loss. It says, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. May we know that God has our loved ones in his care, just as he has us in his care. There is a veil between us and them at the moment, but God can see all of us and tends to all of us. We can be thankful he cares for our loved ones who are with him in heaven today. Lastly, Jesus gives us the great commandment, which he said, sum up the law and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. May we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind and love others as we love ourselves. But we start a new book in the New Testament today, the book of Romans. We've just read that Paul was taken prisoner and was in Rome for two years on house arrest. He wrote this book of Romans before this occurred. There are some scholars who believe he had been teaching about Christ for 20 years before he wrote the book of Romans. It teaches salvation in Christ and the ability to follow him is imparted by the Holy Spirit. Verses 5 and 6 are powerfully uplifting and talk about God's grace. It is through him that we have received grace, God's unmerited favor, and our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith and make disciples for all his name's sake among all the nations. And this includes you called of Jesus Christ and invited as you are to belong to him. Through our belief in Christ, we receive God's grace and we belong to him. Imagine that. We belong to the creator of the universe. We belong to almighty God and his beloved son. We belong to him and belong with him. He is beside us now and will always be beside us. We are blessed and have reason to praise God every day, all the time. Oh, our circumstances may be difficult, but our hearts can be ablaze with praise for almighty God. 
In verse 17, Paul quotes Habakkuk, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. We are made righteous through our faith in Jesus Christ. This is grace. We have the strength to follow after him and his ways through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in us and leads and guides us. However, for those who don't listen, Paul writes, who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative. May we continually turn to the one who saved us for leading and pray for obedience to follow him. Those who harden their hearts and are disobedient find themselves worshiping worldly things. May our hearts always turn to heaven and our creator. Let's see what's happening in Ezra chapter 3. This is an exciting chapter in the rebuilding of the house of God and reestablishing the people's intentions of serving God. The first thing they did was build an altar so they could make all the sacrifices according to Moses. Even though there wasn't a building to house the altar, they wanted to sacrifice to God, and they did. They celebrated the Feast of the Tabernacles, which was to honor God for his faithfulness to the Israelites as he led them out of captivity from Egypt. In the past, they made temporary huts to reenact the Israelites' tents they lived in for those 40 years. It's quite possible the people here in this book didn't have their forever homes yet, as they had just returned from captivity themselves. So they may have already been living in tents of some sort. In any case, this was the first feast they celebrated with one another upon their return to Jerusalem. Money was collected to hire all the necessary workmen and the supplies to start building a house of God. By the end of the chapter, we see the builders had laid the foundation for the temple. Verse 11 says, They sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever toward Israel. And the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. We also read the older men were sorrowful. These men had seen the glory of the temple Solomon built for God, and this one would not match up. So there was rejoicing and sorrow mixed together as the new house of God was being built. This is not unlike our lives today. We rejoice in our blessings, yet are sorrowful for past blessings, which may no longer exist. May we be thankful for what we have today, regardless of what we may have lost in the past. May our hearts and minds look forward instead of backward. God is good all the time, and he cares about us and will meet our needs for today and tomorrow. In chapter four, we see adversaries unite against the work of the temple. Somehow enemies often appear when we are doing God's work, and we know why. The enemy will do anything and everything to halt God's work. We often read about the Samaritan people. They thought they believed in the same God as the Israelites, but their beliefs were often mixed with other superstitions and false beliefs as well. You can imagine, they heard all the festivities happening, and they said they wanted to be a part of helping restore the temple of God. We don't know if their intentions were good or not, because we read that as soon as they were turned down by the people in Jerusalem, they started working on a plot to get them to stop building. And their plot worked for a while. You will read about the letter they sent to the king telling him that if this temple and city are rebuilt, then the people will revolt and not pay taxes to the king. He believed this argument and called for a halt of the building. This was only temporary. We all know God overcomes every obstacle. He overcomes the obstacles in our lives as well. May we be patient and wait upon him to work every detail in our lives out according to our good and his glory. May we give him every detail in our lives and continue to serve him as he calls us to do. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 19. While this is a power-packed psalm, it almost reads like a proverb, so don't miss any of the golden nuggets David shares with us. First, David recognizes the power and glory of God through his handiwork, the sky, the stars, and the tent made for the sun, the heavens. 
Yes, David saw God's work and knew he was far greater than anything his eyes could actually see. He writes about how perfect God, his law, and his commandments are. Verses 9 and 10 say, The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even than much fine gold. They are sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Let us reverently worship God, for this is the best part of life. Verse 14 is also underlined in my Bible and is well known to many of us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and my redeemer. May we ask God to put the words of praise on our lips and worship in our hearts for him and him alone. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for your word that shows us just how powerful and almighty you are. Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness to your people. We thank you that we can read about their praise for you and be lifted into a place of praise and worship for you as well. Keep our hearts yours and our thoughts on you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.